You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Well, welcome back to the Batuta Advocate radio show, recording live uh, from the Queensland Channel Country. You're with uh, myself, Clancy Overall, and Errol Parker. And today's guest is another one of those big hitters we were able to get purely because uh, the entire country's in lockdown and he's got fuck all else to do. Uh, you might know him as Tomo. Those close to him know him as Jeffrey Robert, the Nature Boy Thompson. How are you? Ah, good boys. Uh, good to uh, talk to the Batuta boys. <laughs> uh, now, how's things going, Tomo? Last we heard, you were um, actually uh, you were you were in the headlines of being for quite a generous gesture. With you were selling your bag of green for the bushfire effort. How did that all pan out? That went pretty well. Uh, that was involved with the auctions, uh, Lloyd's yeah. auctions, which yeah. I'm sort of indirectly tangled up with. Yep. Uh, so that raised, I think, about 55 grand. Oh, good so, stuff. So that was uh, better than a poke in the eye with a sick, as they yep. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Much, much better than the thing sitting in the cupboard getting moths eating it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because we heard at the same time that uh, that uh, a New South Wales bowler called Doug the Rug, he actually decided to auction off his hairpiece uh, for the bushfire appeal. <laughs> his baggy blonde. Yeah. Yeah, the old uh, uh, Bollinger, that's his yeah. name, right? Bollinger. Yeah. Uh, he'd be better off selling a bottle of Bollinger than selling his rug. I mean, how would that go with coronavirus? You know? yeah. I, I, think if you, I think if he gave me a hairpiece, you'd want to belt shit out of it with a cricket bat to kill all the, all the bloody bugs out of it. Now, what is what are your thoughts on uh, on coronavirus? I mean, obviously, it's a smart thing to not be playing any cricket right now, but cricket is a distant kind of sport. It's not like these NRL players or these AFL players are going to be running into each other in, in probably a month's time. What have you kind of heard? Does it look like it's all, uh, you know, indefinitely on hold? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean... Even my wife uh, said that to me the other day. She said, it's a bit weird because cricket, you're not near anybody. I mean, yeah. mm. the only time these guys are near anybody when they give high fives and all this and that yeah. and a hug and all that sort and of shit. Taps. I mean, I never bothered with that. I didn't even bother walking up the other end. <laughs> but, um, but cricket, you know, you are, everyone's scattered around the field generally. The slips aren't too close together and and it's just the the guy bowling the ball isn't it you know and then you throw the ball to somebody else so i mean how do you wipe the ball all the time in between overs but i mean basically there's less contact in cricket than most things yeah i mean but yeah yeah sorry but i I mean i don't know what they're going to do with it it's still it's still a matter of people coming to the ground if they're going to let them in. I mean, the players can play with nobody there, that's for sure. I mean, yeah. they basically do anyway. You go to a, go to a state game there and yeah. there's nobody there except their, rel- except their bloody relatives and that, you know? Yeah. And then a test match, uh, unless for the old different games, so, you know, there's a few there, but not as many as there used to be. So, I mean, that's the biggest problem, yeah. What do you think it would be like to play, say, a Boxing Day test match at the MCG to a state cricket crowd? You, know, you mean nobody was, there? No nobody one there. That would be really weird. It'd be, that would be uh, so weird. I, I didn't like the MCG anyway, but mm, yeah. too many Victorians there for a start. Yeah, for sure. Too big. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> No, but the the ground itself was just too big. I, I didn't yeah. like the, the bigness of the place. The crowd was great, you know, they get behind everybody and all that. But, uh, yeah, it, it'd be really weird to play. Uh, I, 
I don't know if it'd be hard because I've never had to put up with it. You yeah. know, when you walk out there and nobody there, you think, yeah. what's going on? Are we practicing or something? Yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit about, I mean, I mean, coronavirus is one thing. I'm sure, you know, way back in the history books we've seen something like this before where where you know a pandemic has shut down cricket it is it's a rather old game but you've you've actually seen you know similar world events that have kind of limited your your gameplay or at least your work when you're commentating there's been a lot of wars in the middle east for a long time and they've been playing cricket for a long time in the middle east as well have you have you kind of seen that firsthand you know like either world conflicts my first introduction to uh, the way the rest of the world operates was uh, 75, I think yeah. it was. Yeah, it would have been 74-5. In England, 75 it was. Uh, IRA. Yeah, right. You know, bombs going off in London. Yeah. I got blown up in the London Sportsman's Club. They, they had a deal with us because <laughs> most of our team were uh, just hopeless gamblers. You yeah. know what I mean? They just love roulette and cards and, you know, whatever else. And so we had a free deal at the the casinos. Yeah, so right. we're sitting in this London casino this night at the top of Oxford Street. IRA let off a bomb, which was only like not much higher than me above us, below us, sorry, and and right out the front. And every kid think I'm flying off the wall, <laughs> shit going everywhere. <laughs> and I, besides the ones at our pads, but. but but we're just sitting there and we all right. looked at one another. It's really weird, you know. It's just, you get this, um, it's like the wave hitcher of the bomb blast yeah. and then the sound comes later. It's really weird. And then all the shit flying everywhere and you all look at one another and you're going, that's a freaking bomb. <laughs> and, and it wasn't very far away. You know? So we thought, we checked the numbers, we're all safe. Shit and dust all over us and all that. It was Rod Marsh, Richie Robinson, I forget who else, myself, a all couple the usual others. suspects. Yeah, and we looked at one another and I said to him, Well, back in the day, they didn't get us, so we're safe now. So we kept drinking and carried on. <laughs> Ten minutes later, announcement comes over the thing uh, with uh, those left in the club, please find an exit as soon as possible. <laughs> we think there's another bar. Well, fuck me, you've never seen blokes move so quick. That's, uh, <laughs> I never stopped till we got to down the Strand Hotel, I tell you, which was probably two miles away. <laughs> yeah, well, that... Uh... Well, that was just one. Yeah. And, then I, and then I go to Pakistan... Uh, that was my playing days, but then I go to Pakistan as a commentator, and Australia weren't there. It was New Zealand versus yeah, Pakistan. Anyways, yeah. uh, Lahore, I think it was Lahore. Yeah. One yeah. uh, uh, Karachi or Lahore, I can't remember now. Anyway, I was commentating, and it was the morning, and the, the evening before it was a day off. So Hooksy and myself were out around the pool because uh, there's nothing else to do in Pakistan. What a, a shithole back then. You couldn't go anywhere, you know, seriously. And it was better than my playing days. So we were playing, for lack of better, volleyball with all these young engineer blokes, and they were French. And I said, <laughs> yeah. what are you guys doing here? And they'd been uh, employed by the Pakistan government to build submarines. Yeah, right. right? So these guys are all there, and we played for hours with them and drank with them. Anyway, next morning, we've got to go to work. Right, with the, the cricket. So these guys had to go to work before us. So they had a bus outside parked right next to the restaurant where you had breakfast. 
And I kept walking out the door in my hotel room and thinking, oh, shit, I forgot something. Go back in, you know, because you've got a commenter. And then I forgot my tie. The last thing I went back for was my tie. As I opened the door to get my tie, this bomb's gone off. And I mean, a serious bomb. And I knew a bomb by then. I'd already been blown up before. And I've gone, shh. I've gone, shit. You know? And everything gets blown off the, out of the room, you know, like seriously. So then, <laughs> then I walk back out the room to see Daddy Morrison, who yeah. does commentary still, and he's a lunatic. And we got a couple of Pakistani commentators with us. I go to Daddy's room, which is just around a corner, and he was right above where the bus was, you know. These, the, what they did was blew up these guys in the bus because it was opposition. They didn't like uh, the government that employed yeah. these blokes. Yeah, right. They took it out on these poor young bucks. And Daddy's, Daddy's completely in the raw. There's glass and shit. All you can imagine the room. It's just like you couldn't you couldn't throw that much broken glass around if you tried. And he's he's in the raw, and he doesn't know what to do. I said, Morrison, what are you doing? He's gone shit to up. He said, What the hell's that? I said, It's a bomb, dickhead. Get your wallet, get your passport, and follow me. And I said, and By the way, why are you in the raw? He said. Oh, I was just doing push-ups. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh yeah, fucking yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, keep me away from home from his sheep. You know? anyway, so then I walk out the door, and there's one of these Pakistanis with no dacks on. And I thought, what the hell were you? He was sitting on the shit house, and then the bomb goes off. What happens is anything in the shit house gets blown up. Gets the water pressure. <laughs> I won't tell you the rest, but you can get it. <laughs> so, so then I grabbed Hooksy. I said, come with me. Get down around the pool. We can't get blown up there. And uh, I went down around the pool there. But these guys, seriously, they'd blown up the bus that these poor guys were on, these French guys that we, we were all just mates with. Because I was late getting out of the room, I didn't get killed because I, I would have sat right next to the window where their bus would have been three metres from me at the yeah, right. Yeah. So I, I kept forgetting shit. It was like somebody was looking after me and I didn't get down there. Right. Anyway, all these, the Pakistani army are out. They've got snipers up in the roof <laughs> and all this sort of crap. And I just walk outside at, at, the, at the bomb blast site with my camera. The whole deal is <laughs> walk out there through the... You know, hoarding saying nobody in. I just walked through it, ducked underneath, and I'm filming the crater. I'm filming, you know, people blowing up and all this Jesus shit. Because Morrison didn't still believe me it was a bomb. And I thought, oh, she's just show this dickhead what happens when a bomb goes. And I walk back in, and here's all these Pakistanis in there repairing the hotel like this is instantly to, to, just for tourists yeah. nothing went wrong they're fucking repairing the joint like as if nothing happened trying to oh shit this is the shit you've got to put up with when yeah. you go to those they when move, you go to those places they move pretty quick Jesus <laughs> yeah. 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 no so oh no it's, and then then I missed Another time I missed the Potter's Bar train, you know, the Potter's Bar train where 120 people got killed, that were heads out of uh, Paddington or somewhere. Right. Taxi was late. Yeah. I was late, so I missed the train. That one pulled out and smashed, wham. So I missed that one. And then another time in a plane, we hit some palm trees taking off. Uh, Good grief. And had to land again. 
And I've had a couple other times where some, some airplanes, where some where some airplanes have blown up their motors, and we had to do emergency landings. So <laughs> I'm actually a cat with a tomcat with nine lives, but I think I've lost about seven of them. Yeah. You tell us a little bit about that era. You were playing some people that really don't really get that much of a look in nowadays. Particularly, you would have got to know the West Indies quite well. A lot, a lot. You would have had a much uh, different time playing them than you know uh, today's players what was that like oh, we used to play them a lot because uh i first played them in 76 mm, yeah. 75 in the world cup then 76 they came here then we played them again in 78 we went there with cricket australia when Welsh series cricket was on uh and then they came back obviously in the 80s and kerry packer when he got the cricket rights didn't want shit cricket yeah. so he kept bringing the West Indies over to play <laughs> they were big draw cards so yeah. oh, our poor batsmen they must have had much of a uh, they must have had a real restless life in their career you know in those 80s and they had the other facing the West Indies all the time because they just had a shitload of quick bowlers they were really good and scary and they had a shitload of good batsmen so but it was good times, you know. They, yeah. they, they were really good blokes, you know. Yeah. Great blokes. So, Tomo, I, I just want to, again, go back to fast bowling because um, I've heard this um, urban legend around. Is, um, in 1979, they held a competition for the world's fastest bowler. I heard you, you had quite the hangover that day and you did win most accurate bowler and fastest bowler on the yeah. day. that's <laughs> correct. <laughs> well, it was World Series cricket, so yeah. I've been... Yeah duped back into World Series cricket. I was banned, so I couldn't play. So what I used to do was train with the boys, and that was it. I couldn't go out and play when they played. Yeah, yeah. How so are you were banned? Because uh, uh, we'd had a... Kerry Packard tried to get me released oh, yeah. from Cricket Australia to play, and they didn't want me playing because then it would have been Lillian Thompson back again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big draw card yeah. over the Cricket Australia test team that were there, you know? Yeah. So yeah, they... Right, uh, they got me blocked. So here I am in Perth, it was. And what I used to do when the boys went out in the field was go up in the in the uh, box with Kerry Packer. There was Strop, Hogs, Don Lane, or whatever celebrities from TV were there. And we'd just get on the gas. You know? Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So, so the boys, <laughs> uh, I forget what happened. They were training, warming up or whatever. And I'm up there having a few beers because uh, I don't think it was, it was probably going to be a day-nighter, so it was after lunch, you know? Yeah. And uh, I've thrown down probably half a dozen beers. <laughs> and K- KP, Kerry Packers, walked up to me and he's gone, what are you doing here, son? You know, I can't talk to him, but it was even, you know, deeper and rougher than that. I said, what do you mean, boss? What else do I fucking do? This is all I do. You know? <laughs> he said... The fast bowling competitions on that and selling. I said, yeah, well, I can't go in that. Yeah. Anyway, he says, I run this joint, son. You can go in it. He said, once more, you better win. <laughs> now, on my way down, I'm thinking, well, I reckon he's got a few grand on this, on me winning this. <laughs> so I, better, I better sober up with Ari and win this friggin' thing. And I, was, I wasn't so much worried about the money. I was worried about Kerry Packer fucking strangling me. <laughs> So we go down and I got no gear. Mm. And I said to the boys, who's got some shit? And I had a beer in my hand still. So there's Joel Garner and Michael Holding, Eddie Roberts, everyone there, and, and Garth LaRue and, 
and Safraz and Buddy, uh, no, he wasn't there. It was Imran. Imran strutting yeah. around like uh, cool as can be, you know, and all that <laughs> shit. And, and I'm watching this shit, and I borrowed some gear off Dennis and some off Lenny Pascal. Hadley was there as well, Richard Hadley, I think. He had them all there. And I'm watching them both. And they're bowling bounces, and they're bowling rat pay, you know, they're, they're bowling. But I thought, this is shit, I could, I could do this left-handed. <laughs> so I put down my beer, it's my turn to bowl. And I worked it out very quickly. You just don't hit the pitch, bowl full tosses, and have bowl them straight, and hit the stumps. So I won five grand for the fastest and five grand for the straightest. <laughs> Thank you very much. And, uh, and uh, I tell you, come up to me was um, anyway. He's a match referee, wasn't he? he? Come up to me after afterwards, and he said, "Hey, Tom," he said. Uh, we're all sharing this, aren't we? <laughs> Mike Proctor. Mike, Mike Proctor. Proctor, yeah. I said, Procky, piss off. I said, mate, you're a medium pacer. You've got no fucking chance. Huh? That's seriously. So I went upstairs. And, he used and, to bowl off the wrong foot, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah he was yeah, another yeah. one. Uh, he bowled pretty rapid and good yeah. back to that. But yeah. he was a pretty handy cricketer. He, but, uh, they were, he would have a sore back apartheid. now. Up, uh, no, he isn't. He's good as gold. Is he's, he he's a... Built like a tank. I it was a rough yeah. action, though, wasn't it? Off the oh, was, and yeah, oh, shit, you know, as a kid coming in, you would have seen him bowling your wrist. Yeah, good, mate, just keep, do your best. You know? <laughs> when you get those kids with shit actions, you just pretend you're helping them. Yeah. yeah. How did you develop your action? Because it's not an ordinary one, but it's one that's obviously hasn't been able to be beaten in terms of raw speed. Uh, just born with it. Yeah. Just yeah. born with it. Luckily, you know, I mean, I didn't mean it. It was a way my dad bowled like that and and I was just born like, bowled like that. Well, some of my brothers bowled like that, uh, you know, the time. My boys here can bowl exactly like me. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't show them. They just know it works pretty easy, you know, so they work it out for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. But Tom, uh, yeah. You, you just mentioned before uh, the great man Lenny Pascoe. You two kind of came up together. Uh, you, were you neighbours as kids or you lived in the same area or where, where did you two meet? Uh, we probably lived, to be truthful, about five five or six k's apart. Well, it wasn't k's in those days, but miles, but that's what it was. And I only ran into him at uh, primary school. Uh, we actually played against one another. Yeah, right. Uh, we didn't play against one another playing rugby league, but we did... Uh, maybe in football or soccer. Yeah. Uh, but we definitely did in cricket. Yeah. So Len the first day I met Lenny, it was Connell Park Primary versus North Bankstown or something like that. I think he went to. Anyway, he bowled first and got about five wickets or something like that for about ten or twelve. Yeah. Thought he was. Thought he was hot shit, so did I. I bowled second and got seven for about six. <laughs> and, we, and we blew him out the water. And it was funny, that was our first ever meeting and then we just ran into one another after that. You know, when you start playing on weekends, you start meeting one another. And we didn't really team up till we went to high school. Yeah. We went to the same high school there. So we just played together from there on. All the way yeah. up. Yeah. What was it like? I mean, obviously, there's, there's been a lot of famous cricketers have come out of that part of the world since then as well. Was it a religion out there, weekend sport, uh, particularly well, cricket? What, what it was, was it was the outskirts of Sydney, Yeah. right? Yeah. So all the young 
uh, married couples got out of Sydney and moved to those areas, yeah, Bankstown right. and Liverpool and that, you know, and and that's where all the young kids Yeah, yeah, went. yeah. You know, Sydney got old yeah. and the suburbs started to take over, you know, yeah, yeah. and now it's gone to Penrith and such, you yeah, know, yeah. way, way up further. But we were the outskirts of yeah. Sydney and we had so many good players. Yeah. I mean, look at Canterbury, Bankstown, yeah. rugby league team. Yeah. They, Half of them played with us and yeah. vice versa. We, you know, we were all the kids that yeah, all yeah. played everything together, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's why it was just a no-brainer. Do you yeah, think the, the Westy thing uh, is, is lacking in the Australian cricket side at the moment? Because uh, they're a bit cookie-cutter nowadays. They're a bit woman's day. But back in your day, there was a bit more uh, bit more rough around the edges. Yeah, well, like, and even then, you know, like you had the war boys and then you had... Um, well, they were after us. They yeah, played with our yeah. club. They were with our club. So the war boys were there... There was uh, Steve Smalley and Davis, all these yeah. blokes that come on from there. Uh, there was a lot more yeah. came from Bankstown. I was the second ever from Bankstown to play for Australia. There was a bloke before me called Graham Thomas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was myself and then Lenny after that. That started the ball rolling, you know, and then it was just a procession. You know? So how long were you playing in Bankstown uh, b- before the big time came knocking? Well, to be honest with you, Errol, and this is not being a big head, I, I should have played for Australia when I was 16 or 17. Yeah, I right. played, played first grade and got, I don't know, 60 wickets in my first year. And got all, We were playing against test players. Yeah. And I'd get them out. Yeah. You know, they, they were scared shit of me. I was 16, <laughs> I, was bowling, I was bowling like a rocket. Yeah. You know? And nothing was new. Yeah. And that's not being big headed. I was looking at the players that were playing for New South Wales and for Australia there, and if yeah. I couldn't have done better, I'd have given given it away. Yeah. But, you know, you could see that there, and I'm a guy that doesn't give up easy, and, well, we weren't even playing for New South Wales then, yeah. you know? Yeah. I went to their training and got everyone out, scared the shit out of them, but they didn't pick Lenny and myself because we used to go surfing. We yeah, used right. to go out in the bush and then go surfing and that all the time, you know, and turn up their training every now and then yeah. and scare the shit out of everyone and then disappear again, you know. <laughs> and then finally they had to pick us, yeah. you know, when I was 21 or something like that. So it, it was a delayed thing, you know. It's it, it probably my own fault a bit with attitude, but it could have happened five years earlier. You, you and uh, Lenny used to go pigging uh, in the off-season. That was your... Uh... Well, not Lenny, but I did, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Where'd you pick that up? Because, you I mean, I know you're in the outskirts of Sydney. Back then, Bankstown's almost semi-rural. That's a, quite an interesting off-season activity. Did, you, did it keep you right in the head, you reckon? Was it, was it almost therapeutic going out there? Yeah, 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 it was. Um, it was because it got me away from all the, the press and mm. all this, all of a sudden being a, a kid that used to be left alone, that, to yeah. being bombarded, you yeah. know? And it didn't really worry me, but I just couldn't be bothered with that shit. And I thought the best way to do this is go out in the farms, see my aunties and uncles that came from out Condoba. Yeah, right. Mid- middle of New South Wales. Shannon, no so country. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we we could go out there any time we liked. Yeah, right. And I used to go out there and uh, there in Tottenham, which is a bit north of there. And then I took the the Bankstown team out there and we'd play on Easter weekends and we'd drink them out of ouzo, rum, everything that was going and the boys just thought, how good's this out in the bush, you yeah, know, and yeah. it's just the best place ever. 
you know, and, and all the teams they've played in, half half the team were made up of kids from the bush. Yeah, right. They were always the. I, 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 this is not a bullshit story. They were always the toughest and better players you play with. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if you're in the shit, you could count on them to to try and hang in there. You know. In that era, you had a lot of. Uh, I mean, particularly in the Australian side, you had a lot. Like you know, someone from everywhere in the country. Nowadays, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nowadays, there's often like there's a lot of uh, kind of feeder feeder areas, and uh, yeah. you know certain schools people go to where they come out of and play cricket. But back then, you could have someone from Tassie, you'd have someone from uh, you know Bankstown, well, someone Australia, from the bush, Western Australia, Australia, Australia yeah. you know, guys that were farmers, guys from off, hey, guys that were sheep farmers, all this sort of thing. Yeah, you know, you didn't realize that till you met up with them and what they did, you know. And they're all and, similar uh, personalities too, it sounds like, you know. Well, you had to, the kids then had to pack up and leave those country areas because yeah. nobody went looking for them. Yeah. yeah. And had to go to the city, uh, to the city and hope like shit they got picked. Yeah. You know, now they they say they go looking for them and all that sort of stuff, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know how hard they look. And it, depends, <laughs> it depends how good the bloke is, the talent scout, whether yeah. he's got an idea or whatever whether he picks the right kids. I go out in the bush and I see kids that are really, really good and they haven't got to go. Yeah. And I say, what the fuck's going on here? And their yeah. mothers say to me, Tommy, can you can you uh, help him out? And whatever. I mean, what am I going to do? I'm not, because <laughs> cricket's so involved now. Yeah. You can't yeah. just walk up and say, oh, just have a look at this kid. You know, <laughs> the, the, the bullshitters that have been hired yeah. by Cricket Australia or the bullshitters would get their nose out of joint and yeah. say, Oh, we can't have him in here. It's going to look bad for me. Yeah. I can let him in. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Tomo's just walked you know in here with an thing. iPhone video. <laughs> yeah, you know what's going to happen but now what? is uh, what I heard of Cricket Australia is those bullshitters, like assistant coaches. <laughs> well, who needs a coach, let alone an assistant coach? Uh, will be redundant, yeah. apparently. Yeah, right. So, really? and, and there's going to be a few more of the staff, you know, all these yeah. buddy staff that are want a piece of the cake yeah. are all going to be getting the arse so apparently one of the coaches state coach said the other day to a bloke I know the cricket will go back 15 years when this COVID's all over yeah right now what he meant by that was there will be less crutches in yeah. the dressing room yeah. less people less bullshit advisors yeah. and the players will actually have to fucking think for themselves for once yeah. which is mate when we played there was no coach we yeah. just there was us in the room, the manager, and the roomies. You know the guys that got you the piss. That, that's it. <laughs> so we, you know, if you're playing for Australia, God, you should have fucking sorted out your life by then and know what you've got to do and all that sort of shit. What do you need, some wanker? Telling you that food there's no good for you. <laughs> well, we used to have a a pile of cigarettes to the roof, boxes from beds and ledges, and, and piss galore. Nobody ever came in and said, you can't smoke that or drink that. You yeah. won't be a fucking good player. <laughs> Imagine saying that to Doug Walters. He'd <laughs> have <laughs> so locked the pricks out. Do you reckon they're, they're going to trim a bit of fat in the next few months? Well, it'll be good fat. It's, it's yeah. stuff that needs to be trimmed. You know yeah. what I mean? It's the I call them the bullshit brigade. Yeah. The jobs for the boys, you yeah. know, that have been going on for, for ages, you know? Like Cricket Australia, for, for instance, uh, they reduced 200 plus of their staff, their wages by 80%, right? Yeah. 
uh, uh, 80% discount. Yeah. And how much that saved them? $3 million. That's all that <laughs> saved them by cutting the ass out much, of their pay. It? And yet in March, they got paid $100 million from Channel 7 and Fox. Yeah. So where did that fucking money go to? <laughs> huh? On the tell, me how that, <laughs> tell me how that doesn't add up to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you guys weren't flying business either, were you? Well, <laughs> no, no. We were down the uh, cattle class um, and, and you weren't allowed to even take your wife. Anyone, yeah, tell us, tell us a bit about that. You, you. Yeah. So, how long away would you be from the family? You, you, you know, you got three boys. You would have, you, you could have well, been I, away I, for months on end. Yeah, I do a few shows with Dougie Waters, so I did. Mine was four and a half months, uh, you know, to right. England. Yeah, right, four and a half months to be away for, and that seemed like an eternity. I wasn't married then, mm. but that, that was the initial one. Dougie Waters said his first tour of England was seven and a half months. <laughs> he, he was away seven and a half months because they went on a boat, you know? Well, yeah, and... Yeah. And, um, and it wasn't coronavirus either. <laughs> no, but um, he was helped off an aeroplane at one point with a mystery illness. Um, <laughs> I've been told um, after he... That would have been DTs. They would have ran out yeah. of piss. That's all it would have been. I think he might have caught it from uh, the last can of uh, KB he had on the flight. Oh. Yeah. yeah, just don't let those hosties open them for you. You know, Make sure you open your own bottle. Yeah. <laughs> even, you, if it's, even if it is number 99 or whatever. I read a great yarn by Kerry O'Keefe who said the, um, you know, the, the famous yarn about Booney with the 52 cans he was actually there for the first crack at that and you were there was that I was there you I was sitting this, I don't know what Skull tells you but this is true there was Dougie on the wing <laughs> yeah Marshy was in the middle I was on the aisle I was the pick, procurer of piss I had to make sure they were on song now I don't know if you've had a drink with me but I, I can throw them down I've seen good. you in full flight yeah so I had to make sure they were on pace. <laughs> I was never going to keep up with them. But, uh, yeah, that was the story. So we had to drink 18 cans of leg, three legs. Yeah. You know, uh, 16 cans, sorry, yeah. to get it up to the, you know, where, what it was going to be. <laughs> 16 and, uh, cans of I, I stopped at uh, Abadar. It was uh, Sydney, Bahrain. Yeah. In those days, Bahrain. So we yeah. went Sydney, Singapore, and then... Bahrain. I stopped 32 at Bahrain, yeah. and they did, they did the rest to London. And I had to carry. I had to put Marshy's false teeth in. Oh dear! Dress him, and he and he was hanging between Lanny Pasco and myself. Yeah. So he held he held the crown until the uh, the Launceston Bulldog. Yeah, I, I, I'm still I still debate this. So it's not yeah. an old guy living in the past, but. He drank 48 cans on that plane. We never counted anything on the ground and all the shit we had in Sydney before we started. He would have drank 60-odd cans non-stop. And then we went to the hotel we were staying at in London and he bought a whole round of Heineken stress. I said, I said, Bacchus, just get to bed, you dick. <laughs> yeah. Imagine what would happen if you did that now. Oh, well, you wouldn't get the chance. I mean, you'd I don't know. You'd be on home, wouldn't you? Well, I can't remember plane flights. It's been that long now, but 
you get on a plane now and you've got to beg for a fucking beer. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're halfway through the flight before they bring them out. <laughs> Mate, if a player did that nowadays, they'd book them for an appointment with a shrink immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's right. They say there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Jeff, can you tell us about your other love of speed and that comes from uh, your motor cars? I was told a while ago by a mate of mine who loves a yarn, so I don't know how true this is, but when you first got paid up in uh, Queensland, you went and bought yourself a Ferrari and a PT boat from the Second World War. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't a PT boat. It was a, just looked like that, that shape. But, oh, right. no, no, I, I've always liked cars. I mean, yeah. my three of my brothers were basically, uh, well, mechanics. Yeah. So we used to fix everybody's car. You can imagine how uh, we had one stage there when I was a kid. We had three cars each. Yeah, right. There's five of us. So you can imagine our car, <laughs> yeah. our, our, our place looked like a car yard. Were you one of, those, one, one of those properties with all the cars out front on blocks? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and then their mates would bring around their cars for us to fix. Yeah, and yeah. We used to do we used to do stunt driving up and down the street and on <laughs> motorbikes and bloody everything. I mean, that was it go to speedway race cars go to the drags and it was just always i always loved cars you know i used to be late for cricket because i used to be out at car races yeah uh you know on a saturday morning because uh they have the time trials for the australian grand prix at warwick farm and all that i'd be out there can watching all the cars race and dreaming that i wanted to do that shit yeah and then i'd have to pack up and piss off and go to cricket and i'd turn up late you know yeah. but i couldn't care less always loved cars you know yeah. Um, and to buy that Ferrari was not a leerizing thing. I, I just thought, I want to see what these things go like. You hear about them and yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah. I had the opportunity. It was cool, but it was didn't take a flogger, didn't handle a flogger, didn't handle country roads. Nothing like the Charger. <laughs> no, 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 no. Kangaroos, you just cut the legs out from you. You didn't really kill them. You know, you had to go back and run. You had to go back and run over it. <laughs> no, but uh, always love cars. I still love yeah. cars. I bike races. Yeah. Uh, I'm always watching the shit on the boys come past and say, "What are you watching that shit for, old man?" They know I'm. They know yeah. I'm a revhead. You yeah. Know, yeah. So, yeah. Can you just uh, tell us now, for someone in that era coming from Bankstown to then, you know, find yourself sitting in Jamaica with a bunch of West Indian cricketers or, you know, in, in, in Pakistan or in England, who do you reckon was, uh, yeah, the most talented cricketer you came up uh, up against and who was the funniest? <laughs> oh, you know, obviously talent was Viv Richards. Yeah. I mean, he, he was a guy that wouldn't have trained. He was a natural, you know, he just... Yeah. Yeah, like me, you just go and play and yeah. what works out, works out. I don't think he would have been coached. Viv was just Viv and a great bloke. Him and I were great mates, so we well, still are. So he, he was just, to me, was great fun playing yeah. against him because you had to pull your finger out. You know, yeah. there was no easy times playing against Viv and he didn't get any easy times playing against me. Yeah. And that's what it was like in that era. You know, you play the West Indies, you play the best, you always try your best yeah and that's when you're most satisfied whether you win or lose you know if you play well you're happy you know yeah so so viv was great all those guys andy roberts uh michael holding they're all different characters just like yeah. we are you know yeah. some are quite if michael holding had a a, a mongrel streak in him he would have got twice as many wickets yeah, <laughs> but yeah. michael was 
Michael was too nice. You yeah, know yeah, I mean? yeah. He was quick and all that, but he was just too nice. He wasn't nasty enough. Yeah, you know? yeah very cool. Um, Karim and Colin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. that's him, yeah. Jeffrey, and, you should try going around a week out to this one. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. But um, Poms, Poms were good blokes, you know, yeah. back then. Uh, Useless at cricket, though. Yeah, not the not the first ones. Yeah, I yeah. see they're trying to get us there in July and August. Yeah, yeah they want us. <laughs> they want us to go there. I mean, how would you fucking walk into it? That's like flying to New York. Who yeah. wants to go to New York? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? yeah, they want to tidy up there. I don't know how that's going to yeah. work. I don't think it'll work anyway. A bit ambitious. Yeah. yeah, that's right. A bit dreaming. Yeah. yeah. So do you? Um, you'd occasionally light up. You know, a bit of a competitive streak. What do you reckon was the most uh, cruel thing you did to uh, uh, opposition uh, batsman in your time as an as Australian well, fast probably, bowler? <laughs> probably one that just makes me laugh is, <laughs> and I forgot all about it. Was a and there was a spinner for England. You wouldn't know this. It'd be too early for you, Blake. He was even played before I played. You know, I caught the arse end of him. Yeah. His name was Fred Titmus. <laughs> right? He was an off spinner, just a typical spinner, meek and mild. You know. They're, they're like frustrated fast bowler spinners. They've got an attitude, but they can't fucking bruise a peach. You know? so, yeah. Anyway, what had happened to him was the year before, he fucking had a boating accident. And uh, he, how unlucky is that? Have a boating accident in England. In England yeah. I wouldn't even own a boat in England. That shit. Anyway, shit. And cut his big toe off. Cut a couple of his toe off, but his big toe. So he's come out to face me in that, <laughs> that, that test in uh, Brisbane or somewhere yeah. or Perth, one well, in that initial <laughs> series where yeah. I cleaned him, cleaned him up, <laughs> and I've hit him flush on the fucking foot where his big toe was supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you reckon that would fucking hurt? <laughs> That's a bit warped. I'm just going to get my earpiece back here. Oh, yeah, I forgot all about that one, but that was that was he just ran around everywhere. You know, when you cut a chook's head off and it goes you're doing wheelies around your back, you know, it was a bit like that. So, Summer, um, I think a lot of our listeners are really wondering um, is 161 kilometers an hour the fastest you've ever bowled? Have, have you ever bowled faster than 100 mile an hour? Oh, easily. If, yeah. if these guys are bowling 150 and I see tail enders coming forward, slogging them over their back over their heads and all that, it's supposed to be 150. Yeah. I'll tell you. And uh, and they, t- and they like I've said before, the blokes have told me, Andrew, they do it different. They time them out the hand because they're not as quick. Yeah. See, they timed us at the batting area, yeah. which makes a heck of a difference. Oh, yeah, it does. So... So they tell me I would have bowled no mid 170s. That's great. Oh mate, I know it was quick because I, I I hit a lot of guys that yeah. never moved. Yeah. Before I hit them, you know, I'm yeah. like sitting yeah. there and they just bang, yeah. you know, like a yeah. like a gunshot, <laughs> which is really strange when you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm talking about top level players. Yeah, yeah. Not shit kickers. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's why? Brett Lee didn't really because he bowled he bowled a hundred miles an hour at uh, I think the 2006 World Cup. It came up on the big screen that he just bowled you know arguably the fastest ball and and he just took 
I look at that and he was just like, ah, you know, that's, yeah. you know, you know, I'm obviously not yeah, the fastest well, bowler in the world, but, you know, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, Brett was sharp. He's a good bloke. Don't worry about that. Shout is one in the He had his own fucking uh, radar thing. We were doing yeah. the... It's funny how you get caught out, isn't it? Yeah. We were there commentating. I was there commentating. That was that... That's yeah. what I said before yeah, when we yeah. got blown up. Anyway, this game at, at Lahore, that was the yeah. game. I'm sort of sitting there and I said to the engineer, I said, why have we got another radar thing down there? He said, oh, Tomo, that's not ours. That's... That's the Pakistanis. Yeah, right. I said, well, it doesn't even read the same as ours. He said, it was 12Ks quicker than our yeah. one, the proper one. <laughs> so, so does that answer your question on yeah. his fucking record? Yeah. No, that's a true story. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll let you go. There's plenty more yards to tell. We've got to get you in a microphone, in front of a microphone another day and we can go for hours. But I'll tell you one more, bud, just yeah. talking uh, on the current cricket. Yeah. Was this was this spitting thing, spitting on the ball? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. just... Just finish up on that. How ironic's that? We've just got nailed the using sandpaper a year or so ago, whatever it was, and all that. And now they want to stop you spitting on the ball and want to give you some substance to rub the ball. <laughs> why, why don't they just get one of those things like in the Woolworths or the shopping marks where oh, you yeah. get the bag off yeah. and just put and just put a fucking roll of sandpaper at either yeah. end <laughs> and let them let them fucking do what they like. At yeah. least it's healthier than spitting on the ball. Did you think that was a bit of a beat up? I mean, you were sitting there watching it. The entire country stood still watching that, watching a bit of uh, you know who, who knows what it was. It yeah. looked a lot like sandpaper. Uh, I was, I myself and everyone else that had played before Archie were really. I was really angry at the mm. time. Yeah. I was really angry that it was so dumb, so ridiculous, and then the shit they said afterwards. Instead of instead of being gagged and yeah. and somebody, all the bullshitters in the room, like all the cricket Australia, yeah. should have stopped. Should have yeah. jumped in and said, "None of you guys are saying a word. We'll handle this." Yeah, right. It wasn't done. They let him let Steve Smith go out there and spruik and whoever else involved. And all they did was shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah. They should have gagged them. And, and in the end, it wasn't that big a deal. No, I don't care no. because of what I said before, you know, the, the boundaries are brought in, the bats are huge, they can use as many grips as they want and all this, and you can't do much of the ball. What a lot of bullshit. Yeah, is. yeah. Yeah. Well, we spoke uh, to Mike Whitney not too long after that happened. And yeah. we asked him if Alan Border came up to you and said tamper the fuck out of this fucking ball would you do it and he says oh of course <laughs> you know you do what the captain tells you blah, blah, blah. and then we asked him if if you had everything at your disposal how would you tamper a ball and he says not with a tiny piece of sandpaper <laughs> I, well, we, I, it's much just, easier to shine a ball than it is to rough one up <laughs> oh yeah I, I can't believe they want to rough it up you know, and, yeah. and use reverse swing it when it's old the best thing I ever had was a brand new ball and swing the bloody thing as hard as a rock the new ball yeah. why yeah. wait for the thing to get old yeah, by yeah. then the horse is bolted I'll tell you what happened one day we were playing up here in uh, at the Gabba playing Tasmania flat as shit wicket ball was shit you know by the kookaburra had started well making really bad balls and because it was a monopoly they nobody else said there was no opposition so yeah. the shit they were making was crap soft and greg chapel said to me 
alligator could get rid of this fool. I was bowling, Booney was batting, I think, and it was like a marshmallow. And I said, I'll fix this friggin' thing up. It was a lunch break. So what I did was I got a, this is a true story. Remember those old razor blades, Gillette things? Yeah, yeah. Just a blade on either side, a flat piece of yeah. steel. Yeah. I put that in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I'd run around the quarter seam with it and around the, the, the main seam, yeah. you know, with all the stitches. Yeah. I pushed it a bit hard. <laughs> I pulled this board of booty Australia, the, the fucking thing's nearly falling in the quarters like a, like an orange. <laughs> and I said, I'd asked the umpire before the lunch break, this poor shit. And he said, no, there's, there's nothing wrong with this. this anyway, straight after lunch, I tried to tweet. And I've gone, I told you this ball was fucked. Look at this. And he's gone, jeez, I've never seen a ball do this before. <laughs> And it's got clean cut. It's not even frayed on the stitchy. It's fucking clean cut. It was very odd. Anyway, we got a new ball and I got I got him out. We won the fucking match. <laughs> That's how you cheat. <laughs> uh, oh, holy God. Well, um, good. well, Tom, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for oh, joining boys, us. Thanks very much. Well, Always a pleasure. Right. There's more to come, I reckon. We yeah. might have to... Uh, sit Tomo in front of a mic uh, especially during isolation I reckon there's plenty more yards yeah. to come there's no fucking cricket on that's for sure no not at the moment not for a while no, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll definitely have to get you back Jeff it's been great fun alright cheers boys thanks Jeff mm-hmm.